Technology has enabled dramatic advances in healthcare, but in some cases, speed and precision may have come at the expense of human interaction and empathy. We need to re-humanize healthcare and empower clinicians to improve the delivery of both treatment and care. Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. In this season, we look at the evolving field of clinical documentation improvement, or CDI. As more hospitals launch health management and quality initiatives, leaders should ensure their staffs are empowered to accurately document each patient's story without overburdening them. Listen in to hear how leading healthcare professionals are using artificial intelligence and other technologies to improve patient outcomes and deliver more value to the healthcare organizations they work for. In today's interview, I speak with Sharon Cooper, registered nurse and manager of clinical documentation and appeals. She has been working in healthcare since 1979 and has moved into CDI in 2005. We discuss things like what advanced practice CDI looks like and how CDI has evolved. Let's pick up the interview where Sharon explains how CDI has changed over the years. It's continuously evolving. My other physicians helped at the hospital, I would stay about three years in each one and get kind of bored and then move on to something different. But CDI, like I said, I've been in it since 2005 and it's just ever changing. We started out looking for revenue to optimize our reimbursement with DRGs. With MSDRGs, I think they started in 2006. So we were preparing for that with the CCs and the MCCs, the comorbid conditions, things that would affect our DRG, the payment that we would receive. And that's mostly what we looked at at the time, capturing appropriate comorbid conditions or maybe major comorbid conditions. And then we have evolved into looking at PSI, patient safety indicators, in conjunction with quality department. We look at hospital-acquired infections. We look at severity of illness, risk of mortality, anything that has to do with a record and improving documentation within the record, whether it impacts revenue or doesn't impact revenue, we still look at those type things now because we've learned that it impacts patient care, quality of patient care. The documentation in this patient's record and the coded data follows that patient throughout the transition from whether they go to rehab to a skilled nursing facility or back at the doctor's office. It just follows them everywhere they go. So we want to make sure that the documentation and the coded data is as accurate as possible when they leave their inpatient status. Mm-hmm. And so I have a better understanding of your actual role. You said you started off as a team leader, and it sounds like you've kind of moved up the rank. So what does your role actually entail now? Right now, as far as clinical documentation specialty, I have a supervisor who mostly deals with the daily issues, the assignments, answering questions from the CDIs or the physicians if they have questions as well. They usually seek me out when they're either can't find the answer, don't know where to look for the answer, or having physician issues that they need me to intervene with. So I'm kind of on a higher level. I'm not down there doing the daily chart reviews with the other CDSs, although when I get asked a question, then I do go into the record and I look at what the CDS has done. I look at the documentation by the physician, by other disciplines in the record, what's been coded actually the charges in the chart. It's just, I work with a lot of different people besides the CDSs now. I work with the billing department. I work with case management for medical necessity type denials. I work with the billing and from prior authorizations for 
Anything that we do here at the hospital, whether it's inpatient, outpatient, observation, emergency room, radiation therapy, it doesn't make any difference. I deal with those type of things right now. The clinical documentation part is only dealing with the inpatient records at this point. We don't review any observation or outpatient records, which is something that I'd like to do in the future. But right now, it's just solely focused on inpatient. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, it sounds like you have a very holistic scope. With that in mind and with the benefit of having the perspective that you do, how would you define advanced practice CDI? I think it's like what you just said, it's a holistic approach. It's doing more education with the physicians, more specific chart reviews. It's the HMP, the integrity of the HMP, the integrity of the progress notes, whether we're doing the bundles correctly, like the sepsis bundles, are we doing those appropriately? If we have hostile acquired infections, what type of education might be needed in that area? Or patient safety indicators, that's a lot of physician discussions physician education as far as how they document. So it's just, to me, that's just a holistic approach, looking at more than just what affects the inpatient stay at that time, more than just what has been assigned as the DRG and what we're being reimbursed. How is that record going to affect different other areas down the line? And so I'm thinking for, say, the listener who might be a CDI professional or a healthcare professional, who might be looking to advance it, to get to kind of this advanced practice state within CDI, do you have any practical advice for them? I mean, we listed off a big thing, and obviously it seems like it's quite a burden if you try to look at it all at once. But I'm wondering, like, through your experience, what are some practicalities or practical things that you've found that that have helped move your hospital and organization to this direction? I think learning from others, not trying to reinvent the wheel every time you want to try something new, have good networking with other hospitals, with other CDIs, with other CDI managers or directors, with other coding HIM directors or managers. Just what have they done that works? What have they found to be best practice? And is that something that would work for our institution to advance our program? It may be something that we could certainly do here. It may be something that we're going to have to trial to see if it works here. But I'm all into sharing and networking. I don't mind talking to anybody from any program and telling them what we have done and what has been a success and what has not worked for us as well. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that do the same. We have a very good networking system, whether it's going to the conferences, the Actus or the HEMA conferences and networking there, or whether it's just through emails or through blogs or through uh, the Engage on the HIM website. Also, Actus has a lot of questions and answers. There's just a lot of information out there that is so valuable, and it keeps you from having to reinvent the wheel every time you do something. Mm-hmm. Research first before you jump into doing something or starting something that somebody else has tried and it did not work, so why try it here? Yeah. With CDI in particular, do you feel like it's set a stage like holistically that it is regulated enough that when people do go to search that they can find consistency within their answers and within their questions? I think you just have to look for reputable sources. There's all kinds of information out there, but I tend to use the more reputable sources like AHEMA, like Actis, or maybe even peer-reviewed journals like JAMA. Or I look for peer-reviewed. And I look for people that I know are experts in the field. I think I've been in it long enough where I recognize names. 
And if they've endorsed it or they feel like it's appropriate, then I tend to buy into that a lot more. You've got the Gloria Bryant. You've got all kinds of people out there. You've got Nuance who has, I know a lot of the names there that do speaking presentations that are experts in the field. I'm picky about where I take the information from. I just don't take it from anywhere. But you can Google and find things from Ahima, from Actus, from reputable companies. That It's out there. You just have to know what's a reputable place and where you can read the information, but don't take it to heart 100%. Yeah. What else? Um, I'm assuming because of the experience that you're able to bring to the table, you've learned how to develop your lens a bit on how to find it. And so I'm curious, outside of the source, are there any other sort of internal tests or things that you look for to qualify that this is, in fact, good information? I think I just base it on actual things like HIPAA and ICD-10 coding guidelines for reporting and coding clinics and things that are out there that you have to go by. You have to follow the ICD-10 guidelines. Coding clinic, they're guidelines. They're not the law, but they are guidelines that you need to go by. So I look to see if those things are incorporated into whatever it is I'm reading. So with you having the experience that you have of going from healthcare, sort of general healthcare, and then moving into CDI. I'm curious for, say, the hospitals or the health organizations that are on the fence that maybe aren't implementing CDI yet, what kind of perks or benefits might they find as they make that transition to start using these vetted CDI practices that we're talking about? I think you just about have to have a CDI program in today's economy, in today's world. If you don't you're way behind. CDI, they do so many things. They help with the reimbursement, with finance, with quality of care. They do so much stuff. It helps with compliance, with quality measures, with coded data, with reimbursement, with information that transferred from one entity to another during the transitions of care of the patient. It's improved documentation, and an improved documentation affects everything in your hospital, every aspect in your hospital is affected by improved documentation. I think the biggest part of hospitals now have some type of CDI program, whether it's advanced or not advanced, but they have some type of CDI program. And if they don't, I think they may end up being one of these that ends up closing in the near future. Mm -hmm. That's uh, clearly a powerful thing. Within your experience, do you have any stories? One of the things that I'd like to ask our guests so far is, are there any stories of specific situations or maybe with patients that stand out to you where CDI proved beneficial? Or, I mean, I'll kind of leave it up to you how to answer. Just a a particular story that stands out to you on your CDI journey. There are so many. There's so much I've learned as a CDI. So many things I've learned as far as clinically or patho physiologically or pathopharmacologically. There's just so many things I have learned. I think one thing, even coming from working with the patients on the units, I did not realize a lot of things. I didn't realize that patients who have acute kidney injury are predisposed to developing CKD, chronic kidney disease. So that, to me, it makes it so important that if that patient actually has acute kidney injury, that we get that documented on the record That way, when that nephrologist looks back at that record, he can see that they have had AKI twice. So that's one of the predisposing factors to developing CKD that's going to make him watch for that a little bit closer 
if the patient comes in with AKI for the third time and he's in consult. There's just so many things that are needed for studies, you know, even for cancer studies. We need to have the diagnosis on there just as specific as possible for the studies that are out there to see what works, what doesn't work. If you have a patient with this type of breast cancer and you can see that they're being treated with this medicine or this chemotherapy agent here at our hospital, how that's going to impact studies and future studies down the road and standardized care, standardized treatment for certain diagnoses. There's just a lot to it that I've learned. I thought it was smart out on the floor as a nurse, but once I got into CDI, I realized there was so much I did not know. That was a big realization. I love to hear the stories. Um, I've been benefited pretty well in terms of the people I've been able to speak to doing this. And mm-hmm. there's so many people on both sides of the fence. And as soon as they cross over, just the pluses, it just seems like there is really a wealth of positives. And I know, I don't know if this happened to you per se, but some of the other guests that we've had on the show have expressed feeling like they were going to be too far removed from the patient or things like that. But in almost every situation, they talk about how CDI has done exactly what you said. It's made them more knowledgeable and intelligent, and they're still able to directly access the patient and it might have changed. And I'm sure it sounds like with your role overseeing a lot more and maybe helping your own people, maybe you're a little more further removed, but it still seems like you're doing really, really great work in this sense. Thank you. Yes, it is. You have that concern when you leave bedside nursing. Are you going to lose your skills? Are you going to lose your knowledge? Are you just going to be a a pencil pusher that sits behind a desk? But CDI turned out to be none of those things. You're still involved in the patient care. If you see something on that record, they've got an infection and the doctor meant to order antibiotics, but but he forgot. You have the ability to point that out and to make sure that patient receives the appropriate care that they need. It's still rewarding, and you want to make sure that patients receive the care that they need and that it's paid for by their payers. We want to make sure that the documentation is there that that helps support why the patient was in the hospital. And then further down on the appeals, that is satisfying as well to make sure that that patient receives that care and it's paid for appropriately by their payer. It's just rewarding all the way around. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up here for our listener What's one thing you'd like them to take away? Obviously, we covered a lot when we talked about generally how CDI is very important. But if you could get them to maybe go and do something or act based off of listening to you speak now, what is one thing that you want them to either know or do regarding the importance of CDI? That's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, Now is your time to shine. (laughs) There are just so many things. I would want the nurse out there to know that CDI is not taking away their clinical knowledge. It's building upon it. It's a great field to go in. It's ever-changing. You're not going to get bored in CDI, and if you do, then you're not doing a very good job because it's so ever-changing and will continue to change with the focus going to outpatient care from inpatient. That's going to impact us tremendously. I think that's just it. CDI is ever-changing. It's a field that you can get into, that you can stay in for a long time, because it's challenging every day. Something new comes up. The regulations change. The guidelines change. The coding structures change. There's just so much to learn, so much knowledge that you can gain from being in this position. Excellent. I love it. Sharon, thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. 
to learn more about Nuance's AI-powered solutions and services, or to learn more about the show, please visit nuance.com forward slash healthcare. That's nuance.com forward slash healthcare.